Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing the FDA warning against cooking chicken in NyQuil and a potential coffee shortage brewing. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story about a potential coffee shortage. So we've gotten some reports that coffee inventories in South America are declining so severely that reserves are predicted to be extremely low. So can we expect a coffee shortage? Well, one sign of that is that global coffee prices are increasing and will continue to do so amid market uncertainty driven by the supply shortages in Brazil, which is the world's largest coffee producer. So we've seen coffee prices being pretty volatile in recent months, and the situation is unfortunately predicted to get even worse uh, in the weeks ahead as Brazil coffee exports hold on to their supplies to drive the prices up. And meanwhile, the rest of the producing world may not have the inventory to meet the growing demand either. So the projected coffee shortage is a result of both environmental and economic factors. So in terms of environmental factors, we have weather issues and lower supply, especially from the main Arabica coffee producers, including Brazil, Colombia and Honduras. Um, Those are the, you know, some of the environmental factors. factors. And there's also been a wave of persistent weather conditions that affects the coffee market dynamics in Brazil, which is facing severe dry spells. And in contrast with that, there's heavy rain that's affecting coffee crops in Colombia. So the rapid onset of climate change is also behind the changes being felt within the coffee industry. So this climate crisis shows no sign of abating with adverse weather threatening to endanger growing conditions further. And these adverse weather conditions also hurt yields in Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, among other coffee producers. However, the coffee shortage isn't just stemming from South American producers. Vietnam, which is the actually the second largest coffee producer after Brazil, with Robusta coffee accounting for 97% of Vietnam's total output, is also witnessing a decline in stockpiles. So I had never heard of Robusta beans before, but um, they are a species of coffee bean uh, that originates in Central and Western Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, it's actually been making a comeback. So this variety is normally cheaper than Arabica coffee, um, and it's in strong demand as people are looking for alternatives to mitigate the to mitigate the impact of rising inflation. And Robusta is used by instant coffee makers in this, including Nestle South America, um, or as a blend in espressos. Now, economically, recession fears, war, and the energy crisis in Europe are also bringing uncertainties in terms of global demand. So all of these market dynamics are leading to price spikes in coffee around the world. And we're seeing coffee giants like Starbucks, Lavazza, and Costa who are absorbing these price hikes and then passing them on to consumers. And meanwhile, these brands often have sustainability initiatives working with farmers on best agricultural practices in coffee-grown regions. 
So all of this is occurring amid a continuous demand increase from anywhere between 1.5 and 2% year over year. So this has led to an 11% increase in the coffee stock price on the futures market. So the global coffee beans market reached $28.9 billion in 2021, and it's expected to reach a market value of $42.26 billion by 2027 at a compound annual growth rate of 6.3%. However, with the continued threat of environmental factors looming heavily over the entire coffee growing industry, finding ways to fight back against adverse weather seems beyond the reach of industry leaders at this point. So there's going to have to be other things um, to, to sort of mitigate this, uh, this crisis. And a while back, um, we also talked about on this podcast, I think, lab-grown coffee. Um, so I wanted to ask, you know, given, you know, potential coffee shortages and all the environmental factors that are affecting uh, producers' ability to, um, you know, c- keep up with the demand, um, where do you see lab-grown coffee and, and other alternatives fitting into this um, solution. It's, it's really similar to the talks that we've had about lab-grown meat and, and you know, lab-grown dairy and things like that. But coffee is another one of those things that is in such high demand, but we can't always keep up with the demand. So what do you think about this potential coffee shortage and, um, you know, lab-grown coffee potentially helping fill in these gaps? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, not surprising and it's very concerning, of course. Um, because coffee is such um, a staple item. And I think we saw it coming because we know that coffee production is so um, resource intensive. And with all of the, you know, things happening with the climate, it's really not surprising that coffee would be hit really hard. And I think um, unless we, you know, take accelerated action to reverse, you know, the effects of climate change to keep pace with how um, quickly the pace of climate change has been to, you know, if we can reverse that at just as quick at that same rate, I don't think uh, things are looking too good. So yeah, your to your question about um, things like lab grown coffee and other alternatives, all that stuff is going to have to be a part of the mix, uh, in my opinion, because um Again, I don't see how this is going to be sustainable um, in every uh, way, shape, or form, given the situation. And yeah, again, hugely concerning, not just for coffee drinkers and consumers, but also the livelihoods of like coffee farmers and, you know, all these people in poorer countries that um, are producing coffee. And it's going to take a huge toll on um, so many aspects and for so many people. That's such a great point, too. I I hadn't even really considered that. I was just like looking just at the commodity itself. But yeah, so the coffee industry employs probably millions of people around the world in some way, shape or form. And it is the most consumed beverage in the entire world. So people are relying on millions of people, um, you know, from from farming to transportation to like serving Mm -hmm. the coffee itself, even. Um, And it's such, um, you know, I agree with you, it's it's not really a surprise, because it is such a labor and environmentally intensive crop to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think like, um, like meat and like dairy, we're gonna have to find alternatives. Um, And I don't think coffee 
will ever be eliminated. People love it too much and rely on it no, too yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we might see um, a prices bit of a go sh- up. Yeah, you know, yeah, prices are going that's up. That's going to be the, you know the the first thing that's going to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sydney, I was listening to you, and you were like, coffee giants like Starbucks. And Costa and maybe La- Lavazza will absorb the price hikes. And I was like, oh, wow, um, how nice But of them. then, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> we always kind. are going to feel it no matter what. I mean, yeah, when, when, when they absorb it, they have to pass it on it's to gonna us. It's going to trickle down, mm-hmm. you know, right? <laughs> and I'm not a daily coffee drinker. Um, I'll have it yeah, every same, no. other day, maybe other, every few days. Um, but I will say, I think I have noticed a bit of a price increase mm. um, just going to Starbucks and getting like a tall, which is their version of a small beverage, I like $5 and whatever. I was like, mm. Mm. I know Starbucks is expensive, but it, it feels a little bit more expensive than usual. Um, I don't keep tabs on how expensive like it was a few years ago, but I do feel that it has maybe gone up a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys have sort of experienced the same thing. Oh, yeah, everywhere. Everywhere coffee seems like it's more expensive. Like, you know, the the large coffees will be like $7 or more. And it's like, wow, can I can I take this back? <laughs> but yeah, I don't think lab-grown coffee will make up for like weather um, disturbances and climate change um, going around the world. I don't think that will ever be able to make up for, um, you know, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep pace with demand, just mm-hmm. in terms of like scale. I don't think we're there yet at mm-hmm. all with lab-grown um, products like coffee or, or meat. So mm-hmm. yeah, like unless some kind of something again, it has to be accelerated action. But again, we're not there, so it's going to be hard to fill the gap at, mm-hmm. at, at present. So yeah, it's still quite a niche um, little industry you could say um i do think there will be or or there are less regulatory uh sort of laws to carve Mm -hmm. out uh in terms of lab-grown coffee as there are with with lab-grown meat it's just a little less uh controversial area i think um but yeah we we're not there yet i don't believe um at this point, it's any cheaper. It's probably more expensive because yeah. of how niche it is. Um, so yeah, this is just another thing to keep our eyes out on, um, you know, in the future and see see if uh, see if something's brewing there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to a very ridiculous story. Um, so the FDA last week issued a stern warning um, addressing a very disturbing trend among teens and uh, maybe not just teens, uh, but that would be cooking chicken in NyQuil. So this is a TikTok dangerous challenge uh, that encourages participants to cook chicken in a mixture of uh, acetaminophen, dextromethorphan, and doxylamine. I hope I pronounced those correctly. But this trio of ingredients can be found in NyQuil and other over-the-counter cold medicine. So the warning letter by the FDA stated, One social media trend relying on peer pressure is online clips of people misusing non-prescription medications and encouraging viewers to do so. These video challenges, which often target youth, can harm people and even cause death. So the agency also 
stated that simply heating up the medication can make it much more concentrated and change its properties in other ways. So it continued, even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medication's vapors while cooking can cause high levels of the drugs to encounter to, to enter your body. It can also hurt your lungs. So it's unclear at the moment how many people have participated in this trend, even though the FDA has taken to, you know, has stepped up to warn against it, calling it silly and unappetizing. Now, the National Capital Poison Center also delved further into into the history of this challenge, um, and it actually first originated on uh, Reddit several years ago, um, and it's enjoyed a recent resurgence in popularity thanks to TikTok. Thank you, TikTok. So on on TikTok, the videos, which have been viewed by millions of people, um, depict people cooking chicken breasts on a stovetop, then adding NyQuil as sort of a braising liquid. And it is as disgusting as it sounds. So once the chicken is done, the excess NyQuil is shockingly poured back into the bottle oh my uh you know it's like cooking oil you can't waste it um <laughs> or it's it's bad to pour down the drain um, um so the chicken turns out sort of blue tinged in color from oh it being gosh. sauteed in nyquil is then ready to be served bon appetit so <laughs> <laughs> so while the exact reason for the increased social media popularity of cooking chicken and nyquil is unclear it's possible that some people are you know sought this method as a treatment for sore throat cough and runny nose um that are often associated with with covid19 um but you know it is safe when it's taken properly and in the recommended doses however too much nyquil or other over-the-counter medicines can cause liver damage and even death um, and another thing I wanted to add is that like these medications are often abused in, in other ways too. This was just the first time I had heard about it being cooked in chicken. Um, but of course, this isn't the only time that the S- FDA has had to issue a warning about other dangerous social media challenges, um, like one TikTok challenge that urged viewers to consume large doses of allergy medications. Um, which uh, is, you know, found in Benadryl, like Benadryl and uh, other over-the-counter products in order to hallucinate. So this was called the Benadryl Challenge and has resulted in the hospitalizations and deaths even of young people. So to help combat this most recent challenge and other dangerous social media trends involving these over-the-counter and prescription drugs, the FDA pr- provided some tips for parents in the warning letter. So the agency recommended locking up medications and having a serious conversation with children and teens. So they said in the letter, sit down with your children and discuss the dangers of misusing drugs and how social media trends can lead to real and sometimes irreversible damage. Remind your children that overdoses can occur with over-the-counter drugs as well as prescription drugs. So the FDA also advised that you call 911 if you believe your child has taken too much medication and is hallucinating or showing other signs of drug misuse. So pretty ridiculous, I know, um, but it just reminded me also of, you know, the pink sauce that we had talked about Mm -hmm. um, and so many sort of challenges or or dangerous products coming out of uh, TikTok and, and other social media and I just wanted to sort of get your perspective on this. Um, You know, obviously we're not teenagers anymore. However, I believe still that if I was a teenager, I would probably know better. (laughs) I think I would know better. It's, it's, It's hard to say. We didn't have TikTok when we were teenagers, but I truly believe that the three of us at least would have known better and, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm worried for how many don't know better. And at what point do you, you know, say, oh, they didn't know, or like, like, is that's not, that doesn't seem like a valid enough excuse. But, um, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on like, these dangerous challenges, especially ones that involve food and where the FDA has to get involved? Like, do you think that the F, like, do you think this is even enough from the FDA? Do you think that the FDA can even stop things like this from happening? Okay, so throughout this story, like, I was just perpetually, sh- like, shaking my <laughs> head. And I'm probably getting a stiff neck because of this. But, oh, my God. Like, I – just when you think, like, things can't get any worse on social media. Okay, so your question, should the FDA do more? Yes, of course, they should do more because, you know, they're the authority on regulating drugs and, you know, putting out the messaging as to what is safe and what is not. But at the same time, I think social media platforms like TikTok need to be held more accountable. Like, how can they let this kind of content be on their platform? Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like, you know, if you go on Instagram and things, um, you know, I hear like every day there's more and more um, screening of what you can post and what you can about people's videos being taken down because of so-and-so and things. And yet you have these kinds of dangerous challenges, like being acceptable and being like in mass circulation on social media, like these platforms need to be held accountable, in my opinion. It's like, what are they doing? Like, what are you doing with these like idiotic challenges that are posing harm to, to, to people? Like people can die. Like this is, yeah, I, I'd take them to court if I could. (laughs) I'm so cheesed. I can't believe it. That's such a great point. Like we often, I, I don't know, I've seen so many like YouTube videos, for example, of, of yes, people yeah. getting like copyright stri- strikes. Because of music or of something music, in like, the background. Really stupid right, reasons right. to be taken down taken or, or down, given yeah. a warning. But yet we see these things circulating all the time. Definitely challenges. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I also wonder like, are teens and younger people these days like just more like, willing to to take on risk or or did they just not understand the consequences of these these actions um i i I truly don't know i think like the fda did mention peer pressure that's Mm -hmm. a, a part of it and just being so engrossed in social media right social media is such a big part of like people's lives especially younger people and so i guess they're not even not able to discern like you know, just because it's on social media and just because everyone is doing it, it's like, this should be fine. You know, this is the next thing to do because everyone's doing it and it's cool. It's on social, it's on TikTok. It's a challenge. It's just ridiculous. I think they, they, I think they've just lost touch. I think a lot of people lose touch with reality when they're on social media. So... Yeah. And also that, you know, a lot of these challenges are stemming from like over the counter prescriptions and just things like that. They may think, oh, it's, it's over the counter. These, these aren't opioids. Like this isn't like street drugs. They, so yeah, they're, but they're, they're fine, but people overdose on pills. You can mm-hmm. overdose on any like prescription medication mm-hmm. or over the counter medication. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. Like I, it's just, I just think they're so wrapped up in their social media lives that they they just can't decipher again like what's real versus fiction versus safe versus dangerous anymore. Mm-hmm. Like those lines have been blurred on social media, and I think 
these platforms need to be held accountable for that. Yeah, I was also reading an article that actually, like, after the FDA announcement about the chicken and NyQuil, like, the views on on that on these challenges have increased yeah right publicity why didn't you guys take it off right like Like, there's an fda warning like it why are the views on these videos increasing like why aren't these videos taken down mm -hmm. you know it's very strange Um, yeah because for example like let's say you and i were oh what's this let's go check it out that's going to increase the view the algorithm and all that crap is going to push that video forward and then more stupid people are going to like be watching it and going to be doing it, which is going to exacerbate the problem. So they, yeah, exactly. Vera, like why not just take them down? Yeah. And every, on every social media, there is like a, you can press a button to like report the content. Mm. So I think maybe it's just a matter of having more people to review. Like, yeah. Or maybe even having like some safety specialists or even perhaps medical specialists work and maybe hire some of those kind of people Mm -hmm. to review some of these um you know challenges or or whatever but i honestly it's hard for me to put the blame on children or perhaps some adults even that are just very gullible and they just they just don't know better right maybe perhaps they just don't know better right so yeah, not everyone, not everyone, for example, understands that like, you know, medication can be dangerous, you can overdose, you're not supposed to boil it, etc. Like they just don't know. Mm-hmm. And we can't put the blame on them. I think it's, yeah, it's people who should know better, right? Like, maybe the people who received a report of that and didn't take action, right? So... Now, are these FDA warnings about this on TikTok and are these going viral? Are people sharing that? Because like the FDA, like who's going to like, you know, they're teenagers or like, you know, kids. They're not following what the FDA is saying. They barely know what the FDA probably is. Right. So it's kind of like, I don't know. There's that gap between how do you reach those audiences and you got to go to TikTok, I think. <laughs> the FDA needs to get its videos out there. So it's just, man. Yeah, so there's, there's yeah. a lot of moving parts. And, and it's, ve- it, it's true. It's really hard to place the blame on like a specific person, agency, company. Like it's, it's too difficult to pin down like whose fault this is. But yeah, I think by the time these videos amass millions of views on TikTok, even, even if they get taken down, which I am in favor of, it, it's almost like too, too late, late in a way. Yeah. Like this idea is already in their yeah. minds and like they, they can still try this. And like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways to prevent this, obviously. But yeah, there are still some people who will, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And and if if you don't see the consequences of it on TikTok or, or anywhere, then you're going to think, oh, it's safe. Like, sh- how about you show someone like overdosing on on NyQuil? Okay, then you're probably not going to want to do it. It's like where you only get one side of the story and you get a tutorial on how to make this really vile looking thing that will probably not help you in any way, shape or form. Another thing, it's like, why do you even want to eat this? Yeah, why would you want to eat that? Like, what? It's not appetizing at all. Exactly. Like, what kind of a flavor are you adding to your chicken? Like, NyQuil? Like, why? 
didn't kids used to hate medicine growing up? Do these kids like this stuff? Like <laughs> now, like what's changed? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. And remember, like oh, it's also disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I I recall the like Tide Pod challenge as oh well. People eating oh Tide Pods. That one, I was like, yeah, they look kind of like juicy and um, gummy bear like <laughs> in a way. But this, like this. It looks, it just looks disgusting. And, and, and another, and it's like, why do you need to add it to chicken either? Like, you yeah, can why just chicken? Drink like, it. Why is, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's just something about boiling up a concoction becomes, and the chicken. Yeah. The chicken changes color, becomes color. Like pink yeah, or yeah. something maybe. Blue. Yeah. Blue, blue or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Color equal is, um, Boy. yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, whys we could we're asking and, and are teens cooking valid. chicken even like do teens cook i don't remember cooking as a teenager <laughs> like what's going on i i, I behind I think, the scenes i guess yeah you know? like what is going on i have no idea anymore <laughs> yeah that's I, why i'm not on i am on tiktok i was on it for about a couple of months and i was like i can't do this mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's it can be can be hard to be a witness to these things um, yeah. and feel powerless and not be able to do anything about yeah. it. But well, yeah. I might go on just to report all of this <laughs> nonsense. Yes. Be <laughs> the community it. leader that we exactly. need. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone. And see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.